Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine, and we hope you'll continue learning and sipping along with us. Hello again, everyone. We're thrilled to have you with us on the second season of our podcast, Wines We Drink. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and today we're here for our third episode of our Summer Fun Project. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the amazing certified wine sommelier, Keith Herndon. (laughs) Hello again, Charlotte, and a big shout out to all of the wine lovers and learners who join us as we drink and talk about wine. You know, once again, we're recording today at Tapped Wine Bar our host for the first three episodes of this second season. Yeah, we we launched our second season with a setup episode two weeks ago, and that featured a great interview with TAP's proprietor, Todd Hurt. Lots of wine knowledge there. So if you don't, uh, if you haven't heard that yet, you don't want to miss that interview. Go back and listen to that episode, along with the other episodes from this season and last, wherever you get your podcasts. Charlotte, I so enjoyed last week's episode where we drank a classic Greek wine, an Assertico. And I'm equally excited about the bottle of wine we're going to open and drink today. Uh, We're staying in the old world, and we're going to be enjoying another white grape varietal. This one from Austria, known as Gruner Veltliner. Ah, interesting that we're starting this season with old world white wines. That's the trend. We have Assertico, Gruner Veltliner. Are they very similar or very different? You know, Charlotte, that's a great question. Uh, My overall answer is that they're probably more similar than different in that they both represent dry, refreshing white wines and classic old world styles. They have that pronounced acidity, uh, but their differences are also quite noticeable. The Assertico that we had last week is known for its minerality and salinity, right? Uh, The Gruner Veltliner that we're going to drink today is more fruit forward with some hints of white pepper that we associate with this varietal. Interesting. Yeah, sounds mouth-watering. Uh, <laughs> let's get started. So what bottle of Gruner Veltliner are you opening for us today? Uh, we're going to enjoy a 2020 bottle from Austria's Hugo Wimmer Winery. Uh, this winery is built on the teamwork of a young husband and wife, Martin and Sylvia. Uh, Martin handles the winemaking and Sylvia manages the estate, the tastings and marketing. You know, they're both from winemaking families. Uh, but their personal merger ended up as a winemaking merger as well. They combined their estates in 2013, and, and what do we say? The rest is winemaking history. Yeah, well, that sounds really convenient. <laughs> um, so it's wonderful to hear, I mean, the stories behind the wines we drink and to know that these are family operations that continue to produce such great wines is really cool. Yeah, so I'm going to open uh, this bottle. It has a screw top. And uh, we're going to pour two glasses, and then uh, we'll get into some drinking this wine. Woohoo! Yeah, it's in a, uh, for our listeners, it's in a really cool sort of bright green bottle. Usually you see, um, you know, sort of really dark green bottles, and this one's kind of more clear, but so it sort of reminds me of summer in that way. He's pouring for us here. Um, Pale yellow, similar to the Assertico from last week. I think last week we talked about it being almost the Certico being shimmering silver. Um, but this one definitely feels more like a pale gold than a silver. Yeah, once again, your color observations are spot on. And, and I think when we see a pale gold color like this, our other senses start coming into focus as to what we'll expect with that 
first smell and taste. So I'm going to ask you to put your nose in that glass and tell me what first comes to mind. Oh, yeah. So, again, talking about the the Assertico from last week, um, I similarly get an overall sense of citrus. Uh, it's definitely not as potent as, um, you know, the aroma of the Assertico from last week. But I think that's because I think that's pretty much where the similarities end. I mean, rather than orange, which is what I was referring to last week's wine, I think this one is more grapefruit. I mean, it's it's citrusy, but not in the same sort of um, orangey, zesty way that the Greek wine was, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. So uh, go ahead and and, uh, and and do a taste there and, and see if you come up with another another fruit. Hmm. Oh, wow, yeah. I, um, I'm definitely getting, I would say, apple. Like like a green apple kind of flavor. Maybe it's just the color of the bottle throwing me off because the color of the bottle also <laughs> feels very green apple. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting that coming through. And going back to the citrus, you know, I said uh, grapefruit upon smell. But again, this may just be the green bottle throwing me off. But I would <laughs> maybe also say lime would be the more accurate um, citrus flavor. Uh, yeah. There's other things coming through. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. You know, when I when I smell this wine, I, I get those true fruits that you mentioned. I, I I really sense that that green apple and and pear, you know. So you know, now that you're sipping it, you know, and you and you and you kind of tasted that lime, you know, what are some of the uh, the other influences there? Yeah, I mean those the the tree fruits, fruits that grow on trees, are there. Um, Definitely getting that tartiness of green apple. I mean, the wine's acidic, but it's not um, it's not uh, overwhelming. And with the Assertico last week, the sort of last flavor that was left over was that salinity. But this week, um, I'm really kind of tasting the more savory pepper notes or undertones that you mentioned uh, that are common with this varietal, the, the Gruner Felliner. Yeah, I probably uh, set you up for that, right? Yeah, you, you're tasting you implanted that. it in my brain. Yeah, right. I set you up for that in the, uh, um, you know, uh, when we were doing the with the opening. You know, I think the the classic kind of Gruner Veltliner style has some of that pepper undertone to it. You know, I, I think that you know this is exactly what this winemaker had in mind when they were creating this bottle of Gruner Veltliner. You know, if you look at the winemaker notes. They refer to this as a typical of this varietal. Uh, he described it as, quote, spicy, fruity, peppery, with an animating acidity, end quote. Mm, animating acidity. That's fun. And, you know, that's interesting because with that description, whenever you read something like spicy and peppery, it feels terrifying from someone <laughs> like me who doesn't have a lot of wine experience because... When you don't necessarily associate spiciness with a refreshing summery wine. Uh, but I would say that he still kind of was spot on with that description. All those descriptors, I would say, would apply in the best way and not in the way that maybe you would think as coming from, you know, maybe the food perspective. What do you think about spicy and peppery? Yeah. And, you know, it, it, we, we talked about this some last week, and I, and I think it's worth um, re reiterating this week. You know, I really prefer these type of crisp white wines the Assertico last week and today's Gruner Veltliner to achieve their complexity, you know, directly from the grapes and the skill of the winemaker and not from any time in an oak barrel. You know, this Hugo Wimmer wine is cool fermented 
and it's matured in stainless steel takes, no oak, but you still get complexity from the layers of the spiciness and, and pepper that comes through. And, and that just creates a vibrant wine to drink, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think it's really interesting um, about the differences between oak and stainless steel. Last week, you know, the look of it even was silvery, which, you know, associating that with stainless steel. So it's interesting to see <laughs> that this week we've got a, a golden color um, still from stainless steel. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that's just interesting. And as you mentioned, really refreshing, really delicious. Um, so getting into the price breakdown, how much can our listeners expect to pay for a bottle? Sure. I'll get into that, but let's have one more sip to enjoy this before we, uh, before we talk about price. Deal. It's just a really nice sipping wine. It's so smooth. It kind of finishes long. That's kind of an indicator of quality that, that, It's just a really nice wine. Yeah, I mean, the finish, like you said, is is super interesting because it is the smoothness is so great. It you hit the acidity from the start, but uh, you finish it and you're already ready for the next sip, which is exciting (laughs) but dangerous. (laughs) Well, so Charlotte, this is you know uh, another one of these uh, value propositions that we are trying to uh, scout out for our our listeners. And as I say in every episode. We are not being paid to promote this wine. You know, we take a journalistic approach. We only feature the wines that we like to drink, that we believe represent quality and value in the marketplace. And so are you going to believe that this bottle of wine is going to be $15 or less? What? (laughs) What? That's, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it represents another terrific value. You know, the, the 2020 Vintage, uh, doesn't have enough ratings yet on the Vivino app for me to give it a confident Vivino ranking, mm-hmm. but you know the other recent vintages from this uh, 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 vin- from this from this winery and this varietal have have rated among the among the top eight percent wines in the world, and and I think the 2020 vintage will be there uh, will be there or higher. Oh yeah, I mean I think I think you'll be right. I mean what's what's not to like about a refreshing white wine made by a young husband and wife team who just want to get it right. I know it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's just really uh, a great story of, of a of a of a you know family history, uh, a young couple that comes together. You know, I highly encourage people to go out to the website at the Hugo Wimmer Winery and look at this, and you'll see the picture of the husband and wife and their children, and mm. they're playing in the vineyards, and it's just a really nice idyllic scene. Right? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, you said it. I think. I'm going to have to add the vineyards of North Vienna to my travel bucket list because <laughs> wine country, I mean, sorry going, sorry to be going back to the sound of music. If it looks like anything like that, I mean, yeah, sign me up. You know, I, I think the Gruner Veltliner that we're drinking today is a quintessential example of the varietal, which happens to be the most planted grape in Austria. You know, the grapes that Martin and Sylvia use for this bottle come from Poisdorf, which is about 50 kilometers north of Vienna. Uh, they describe this as true wine country with loamy soils, gently roaming hills, and high sunshine. You know, all of these are the factors that contribute to a very fruit-forward wine. Whew, yeah, I mean, it sounds beautiful as you describe it. So <laughs> maybe one day we'll pay a visit and we could just all split a bottle. That sounds, that's what I'll dream about um, right. in the meantime. So, okay, yeah, well, let's take a short break. We'll return for our pairing period Keith will tell us how to enjoy today's Gruner Veltliner with cheese and food, the best part.
Okay, everybody, welcome back to our pairing period where we talk about pairing the wines we drink with complementary foods. Charlotte, our listeners are going to hear me say this all season. Wines are meant to be part of our meals. We are supposed to enjoy wine with our food. But to do that, we need to be aware of the flavor characteristics of the wine and seek and find foods that complement those characteristics. You know, during the break, I brought out some Gournay cheese that's flavored with shallots and chives. This is a soft, creamy, you know, kind of slightly crumbly cheese. And the shallots and the chives give it a zestiness that works well with the hints of pepper in this Gruner Veltliner. So I'm going to ask you to take a bite of the Gournay cheese that I placed on the cracker for you and then follow it up with a sip of this uh, delicious wine. Don't mind if I do. And I'm going to join you. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Wow, that is fantastic. (laughs) I, um, I'm a simple gal. I think cheese and, and, and crackers are my favorite food group. Um, so, I, yeah, that's a fantastic cheese and wine pairing. The acidity of the wine, herbiness, saltiness of the cheese, like it just works so well together. You know, someone once described Gruner Veltliner as spring in a bottle. <laughs> so for me, pairing it with the cheese infused with shallots and chives just says I'm eating and drinking spring. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great metaphor. I mean, if you and your wife were having me over for dinner, wink, wink, hint, hint, just, you know, if you ever wanted to, maybe, what would you serve with this wine? Well, you know, this this wine loves to be a sidekick for some really delicate proteins. You know, so traditionally, uh, you know, in Austria, they would pair it with a Wiener schnitzel. But I'll have to admit, I'm not a good enough cook to make a schnitzel worthy of this wine. <laughs> so you would expect some broil flaky whitefish or a selection of shellfish, including shrimp, oysters, and mussels. If we're dining in the early spring and I wanted to serve a hearty of meat, I, I don't think you could go wrong with a port roast. Mm. And, and in that case, I think it would be a, per, a port roast that's been prepared with an herbed rub of some type. You know, I was also reading about this varietal in Food & Wine Magazine's Guide to Perfect Pairings. It's a wonderful book if anybody's looking for something to uh, get a special person who's a wine lover mm-hmm. a, a gift. And again, we don't take any royalties, right. guys. <laughs> These are just our suggestions. You know, this this uh, food and wine book, you know, noted how Gruner Veltliner pairs well with those green vegetables that often don't like wine. Mm. Think, uh, you know, asparagus or uh, arugula. You know, these these hints of lemon and lime and the Pepper undertones in this wine go so well with those types of of hard-to-pair green vegetables. Yeah, I could definitely see that being really delicious. Um, and all of those things sound like a delicious way to enjoy a Gruner Veltliner. I'll make sure to get on your calendar. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, have you over soon. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Keith, for introducing me to, uh, and our listeners, to this great bottle of wine. Uh, what do we have next? Well, you know, I, when I was putting this together, I decided to just kind of stay in the old world for a bit. And, and we're going to uh, tour um, Italy next week. Mm. And then we'll be recording back. We're going to be leaving TAP for a bit. Yep. Uh, we'll be back for the end of the season, but we're going to be uh, uh, taping uh, some of our next episodes in our wine kitchen studio. And there, I'm going to introduce you to an amazing Italian gave. 
Ooh. Don't want to say too much about it because we okay. want to get our listeners to come back. But the Old World Wine Tour continues with another really luscious white. I will resist the urge to look into this wine um, uh, <laughs> over the next week. A luscious Italian white is what it sounds like. Well, I'll be there. And I'm sure our loyal listeners will join us, right, everyone? Okay. Thanks, Thanks. everybody. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and on Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers. <laughs>